Welcome back to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. It's been a little while. Thanks for tuning in and listening to today's show. I'm Benjamin Wargle, the Badgers beat reporter for Rivals.com, BadgerBlitz.com, and a lot to get to over the course of this episode. We've had a lot of news that's kind of percolated out over the last couple of weeks. The big one coming in terms of a new athletic director at the University of Wisconsin, Chris McIntosh has been officially named the new athletic director at the University of Wisconsin. He'll take over July 1. Also some Badger basketball news uh, in terms of two new transfers with the program, a new assistant coach, and Wisconsin football also has a new uh, uh, transfer into their program as well, uh, a key position. So we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But the man, Barry Alvarez has been grooming to replace him, has been deemed worthy of that opportunity. That's the main story today. We're going to hear from Chris McIntosh in his availability to reporters here in just a little bit. Chris McIntosh will be that next athletic director for the Badgers Athletic Department. The former All-American offensive lineman will take over, like I said, when uh, the legend Barry Alvarez retires at the end of this month, June 30th, so just a little over two weeks from now. McIntosh, a Pewaukee native, he was reportedly the unanimous choice of the nine-member search committee to replace the 74-year-old Alvarez. Chancellor Rebecca Blank, who stated uh, quite emphatically she would make the final decision, it wouldn't just be handed to anyone like it has been in the past, agreed with that search committee she put together. McIntosh was chosen over reported other finalists, uh, Ball State Athletic Director Beth uh, Getz and Northern Illinois Athletic Director Sean Frazier, who was also UW's Deputy Athletic Director from 2007 to 2013. Uh, the UW System Board of Regents approved uh, the contract to McIntosh, and that has made him only the third Athletic Director of Wisconsin in the last 32 years, said Rebecca Blank in a statement. Chris is a natural leader who loves the Badgers and cares about our student athletes. He is uniquely positioned to continue our proud traditions of success on and off the field and doing things the right way. Chris will build upon those traditions and has a strong vision for leading the program during a time of change in college athletics, end quote. The 44-year-old McIntosh has been involved at Wisconsin since helping the program win back-to-back Big Ten and Rose Bowl championships in 1998 and 1999 he was inducted into wisconsin athletics hall of fame back in 2014 that was the same year he began working at the university of wisconsin as the school's director of business development he was promoted to alvarez's senior staff a little more than a year later and was named the deputy athletic director in july 2017 charged with overseeing the day-to-day operations of the department student athlete recruitment business development human resources and strategic planning now, while Alvarez refused to push for McIntosh to be his successor when the former announced his retirement at his press conference in April, uh, Barry didn't hide his feelings about Chris McIntosh either. He said, quote, he loves Wisconsin. He understands it. It means something to him. Very bright, and he's been outstanding. I've given him a lot of responsibility. He spearheaded many of the things we did in managing staff and how we manage everything throughout COVID. People know how I feel about Mac and quote McIntosh is going to get a nice little pay bump. He's going to make about $940,000 annually on a five-year contract. 500,000 is base salary and 440,000 is from private gifts. And for comparison, 
Alvarez made a combined $1.55 million annually on the job, so a little bit of a pay cut from UW. Uh, McIntosh, like I said, just the third athletic director in the past three decades. 35 applicants applied for the job. Pat Richter, who was in charge from 1989 to 2004, turned Wisconsin from the downtrodden to profitable with the right hires in football, which was Barry Alvarez, and men's basketball, which is Bo Ryan. And Alvarez uh, was picked by Pat Richter to replace him in 2004 and held the dual role of coach and AD for two seasons. Alvarez, inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2010, won 119 games, three Big Ten and Rose Bowl titles, and saw his programs combined to win 16 national titles and 74 conference regular season or tournament titles. More importantly, UW finished among the top 30 of the NACDA Directors' Cup 15 times in 18 years. Um, that's that's pretty good, um, obviously. And one of the people on that nine-member search committee was Paul Chris, and he released this statement after the hiring. Since I came back to Wisconsin, it's been terrific to work closely with Mac. He has helped our program tremendously in a number of different ways. He is truly in this for the good of Wisconsin athletics and the good of our student-athletes. This is what drives him every day. I also appreciate his forward thinking and his ability to find creative solutions to potential issues. I'm excited about this opportunity for him and for the impact he will have on our department as a whole. Another notable head coach at Wisconsin, Greg Gard of Wisconsin Basketball, released a statement saying he has done a phenomenal job referring to McIntosh in his time here and really helped guide us through this pandemic in a professional and thoughtful way. His leadership skills were put to the test over the last 18 months, and I thought he did an exceptional job handling a difficult situation. As someone who knows a little about stepping into shoes of a predecessor who had an incredible impact, I have every bit of confidence Chris will thrive. He's Wisconsin through and through and advised what it means to be a Badger. Uh, here's McIntosh's opening remarks after officially being introduced as Wisconsin's next athletic director. I'm honored to stand before you today, humbled and excited. To start with, a few thank yous. First and foremost, to my wife, Deanne, to Delaney, Reagan, and Ethan. Of course, to Chancellor Blank, thank you for your trust and your confidence in me. I look forward to partnering with you in the future and for years to come. I'd like to thank President Thompson for attending today and for your continued support. I'd also like to thank all the members of the search committee who are here today and those that aren't here for your dedication and your commitment to this fine university of ours. To our coaches and to our staff, thank you for your support and for your well wishes throughout this entire process. To my friends and my teammates who are here today who have traveled far and wide, thank you for your lifelong friendship uh, through thick and thin. And lastly, to Commissioner Warren for being here today. Uh, it means a lot to me that you're here today. Of all the places that you could be, I'm thankful that you're here. Thank you for your support. I'd like to start with a commitment, a commitment to this university of ours, to the University of Wisconsin. As we navigate dynamic times in college athletics, we will embrace change the change that comes our way and we will capture opportunity and we will adapt, we will be forced to adapt. But there is one thing that will not change about our program. 
there is one thing that will remain consistent, and that is that education will be the top priority of our department. This is particularly important to me because in my case, it was football that provided me an access, access to higher education and to a world-class institution like this. And while I didn't realize it at the time, it was when my playing days in Seattle ended abruptly that I fully, for the first time, understood the value of my education. The lifetime value of a degree from UW-Madison cannot be overstated. The generational impact, it's astounding. My family is living proof of that. As a first generation college student, my three kids see a world of possibility that was impossible for me to imagine when I was their age. It's because of this experience here, because of my education, that that has happened. Education can solve so many of our challenges and the long lasting benefits of that education is quantifiable only by the countless stories of alums who have come before us and will come after. Next, I'd like to share and articulate my commitment to our student athletes. I will always put you first, always. No matter where you are from, what sport you play, scholarship or walk-on, it doesn't matter. We are part of the same family. The student athlete experience here at Wisconsin can be transformational. Those that take full advantage of that opportunity are served for the rest of their lives. In addition to the education that I gained, my experience as a student athlete at Wisconsin changed who I was and who I would become. A shy, timid kid from Pewaukee with potential that I didn't even realize I had. But this experience here at Wisconsin my coaches convinced me that I could be more than I thought I was, that, that I thought was possible. It wasn't always a fun experience. It was a difficult one. It was a rigorous one, much like many other areas on our campus. There was plenty of hard work and accountability to myself and by my teammates, some of which are here. But there was also moments of doubt. I think about a letter I wrote my mom during a training camp my second year, in which I said, I'm not sure I can do this. I'm not sure this is for me. Wait, before you scroll away, you need to hear this. Republicans across the country are moving fast to enact massive voter suppression laws and bring about Jim Crow 2.0. I urgently need you to join me in the fight to protect voting rights from this assault. This assault on our right to vote, by assigning this petition before the deadline closes. Republican lawmakers have already introduced hundreds of voter suppression bills to diminish the historic victories we just achieved. And let me be clear, the stakes couldn't be any higher. We want to see your name on this petition to protect voting rights before tonight's deadline. So please, sign your name now and stand up against Jim Crow 2.0. Brush your teeth in less than 10 seconds with this revolutionary toothbrush? It was created by a well-known dentist. And it took him over three years to develop the innovative expansion radius technology that powers it. He was tired of seeing his patients wasting their time and ruining their teeth with ordinary brushes. 
so he decided to partner with a product engineer to create a groundbreaking toothbrush. More than 90% of my patients had dental decay problems. These patients all had one thing in common. They all used ordinary toothbrushes. I never thought that manual and electric toothbrushes could be that bad for your teeth and gums. But after doing research, I discovered a dirty secret that proved shocking. The oral hygiene market has not advanced in the last 100 years. We have been using the same toothbrushes for the past century. And no one ever bothered to investigate whether this was the ideal way. The truth is that these cleaning tools are the real reason why you continue to visit your dentist. Chances are, you're using them totally wrong. Toothbrushes should be held like pencils so that the pressure is light. Instead of brushing, you should only make subtle vibrations. The bristles should be soft so they don't damage gums. But in truth, no one has the time and patience to do it correctly. So, we decided to create something new. Our goal was to create an effective toothbrush that would change the oral hygiene industry. A brush that would be more efficient than all other methods. Capable of cleaning every corner of your teeth and preventing dental decay and unneeded expensive dentist bills. We've been able to develop a unique tool that's affordable for everyone. Introducing MIST, the only dentist approved and recommended toothbrush powered by Expansion Radius Technology, or XRT, for people who really care about their teeth and don't want to waste time with ordinary toothbrushes. It's extremely easy to use. Simply put it in your mouth and press the power button. In 30 seconds, you'll get the best mouth cleaning experience. In 30 seconds, I can get all my brushing done. It saves me a lot of time when I use mist because it whitens, it scrubs, it gets the gums, it gets everywhere that I need. My teeth feel amazingly clean and smooth. Perfectly crystal clear. My mouth feels at least 10 times better. So my teeth actually feel really smooth. I love it. I went to the dentist and my dentist was shocked on how clean my teeth were. The XRT technology that powers mist is the first of its kind, delivering a complete cleaning of all your teeth simultaneously. No spot is left untouched or uncleaned. The bristles get every part of my mouth within like 30 seconds. The entire surface area of each tooth is brushed. Dentist approved and recommended mist also removes plaque with incredible power. The, the mist I have been using for about a month now and it is it is great. I mean, I feel like I don't need my toothbrush anymore. Like this thing is awesome. Plaque begins to be removed with just one use of the mist toothbrush. In addition to whitening toothpaste, you can also use a whitening gel in combination with the built-in LED blue light on the mist toothbrush. This is so gentle and nice and it gets everything done at once. The LED blue light on here turns on and it whitens my teeth as I'm brushing. It's a whole setting in itself. Add your favorite whitening gel to whiten your teeth up to six shades in 10 days while you clean. Put the power of this new breakthrough technology to work for you. Miss Toothbrush Oral Care is the best investment I have ever made. This is the best toothbrush I've ever invested in. Mist, I swear, it's, it's life-changing. It's basically upgraded the way that I clean my mouth on a daily basis. I would definitely suggest mist to my friends and family. It has completely changed the health of my teeth. Enjoy a clean and healthy mouth with mist, the only toothbrush powered by XRT. Right now, you can get mist with a limited 50% discount.
and we sell it exclusively online. Click the link to try Mist today and get free shipping. Boy, am I glad I didn't follow through on that one. It was the support of the people within our program, our coaches, and the people around that program that helped me push through. And the result was that I grew as a person. I want to say to our current and future student athletes that you are the reason we are here. Our coaches, our staff, we are committed to providing you with a world-class opportunity but it's up to you to capitalize on it. And there'll be tough times, and we will be here to support you. This is an opportunity that I am the most passionate about, and I continue to be energized by the countless stories, success stories of our student athletes. To our department, the greatest, we've talked about this for the last year and a half, and it's been so hard with COVID, living in a virtual environment, and it's wonderful to see so many people here today. The greatest strength of this department is our people, the student athletes, our staff, our coaches, our team, it's a family. And we are committed to doing things with integrity, with hard work, we like to have fun, and we like to do it the Wisconsin way. I'm proud to be part of this department. I'm proud to have played a role in the success of this department. But I'm even more excited to lead this department in a way that is welcoming to all people of all backgrounds and experience, a place where people can develop to be their very best, and it's a place where we can come together during the good times and inevitably during the tough times. I was welcomed back here to UW after spending the first part of my career in the private sector. I'm really grateful for that, that part of my career. It provided me with an experience and a perspective that served us well. I'm proud of what we have been able to accomplish over the past few years, but there is no question that we can continue to grow. I'm excited to lead a department that is attractive to diverse and talented people and where new members to our family feel comfortable and appreciated just as I was when I returned here to UW. To our fans, this program has always been about big moments. You never forget where you were when Melvin ran for 408, or Badgers like Lavelle and Dugan compete on the world stage. The step back three by Decker against Kentucky, Finley in the field house, and that run to the return to the NCAA tournament. I never grow tired of Haley to Redkey with the slide for another kill. Or when Ron broke the record, a record in my mind and many of the people here that he still holds today. Those moments are made special when we are together. And the truth is, your support of our student athletes through all the moments, in Laban, at the Goodman Diamond, at the Nick, in the Fieldhouse, we will continue to celebrate those moments together. And it's time for us to come back together and make a ruckus. I grew up at a time when the majority of our stands were empty or near empty. And I will never take for granted the support 
that our season ticket holders and our fans give to our program. Now, comparisons are going to be unavoidable for McIntosh and following Alvarez and Richter as leaders of the athletic department. After all, depending on where McIntosh parks, he will likely be walking to work past the statues of both former ADs outside the offices at Camp Randall Stadium. And there's a lot of big things on the horizon for McIntosh, not just at the University of Wisconsin, but with sweeping changes coming to college athletics. Keep in mind that the NCAA and its schools are dealing with equity and diversity concerns brought forth by their student athletes, a ballooning transfer portal that is affecting major college sports, uh, college sports like basketball and issues dealing with players being compensated for name, image and likeness and departments rebounding from a year mostly without fans because of COVID. Now, McIntosh and Wisconsin did kind of address some of that. Uh, you saw, we had an announcement here just this past week that UW Athletics is partnering with a program to launch, launch the UW program, Y-O-U-D-U-B, that will empower student athletes to capitalize on their own name, image, and likeness uh, through um, industry-leading uh, suite of products to support student-athletes assessment, education, and brand development. So that's certainly forward-thinking a little bit from Wisconsin. But again, there's a lot of issues going to be coming here on the horizon that McIntosh will have to deal with. Um, and here's McIntosh's Q&A with members of the media shortly after he was announced as the next athletic director at the University of Wisconsin. When the moment became official and you were named the athletic director of Wisconsin, what was that like for you? Um... It, it was um, it was overwhelming. Um, there was a tremendous amount of emotion. It, uh, it was surreal. Um, at the same time, I felt very proud. Um, it's a tremendous honor and a tremendous opportunity and a tremendous responsibility. And um, all of those emotions collided uh, at that moment. And. Um, you know, I'm, I'm still I'm still grappling with those. Um, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind the last couple of days, but it's been an incredible experience, and, and I couldn't be more excited about the future. I don't know if this is the entrance you use to Kellner Hall, but if you go in the front entrance, on your left is a statue of Pat Richter, on the right is a statue of Barry Alvarez. You're the person that has to take over after that lineage. Is that pressure to you? Do you have the confidence just built in you to to accept that? this is something you can do yeah um, I don't view my future or my role um, necessarily as a comparison to you know two two great men in the history of our university and our program um, I, I was I had the privilege of, of being a student athlete under Pat Richter's leadership and um, and obviously everyone knows my experience with Barry um, you know, the, the statue is not a motivator to me. Um, I think it's probably a losing proposition to try to compare it to Barry. I'm a, I'm a different person than Barry is. Um, and I have a different approach. And, um, you know, the, the, the challenges that our program has faced in the past, you know, Barry and Pat, you know, caused our program to be risen out of the ashes. Um, the challenges are different today. The context is different today, and it'll require a different style of leadership and um, a different approach. And I'm confident that the approach we take uh, will position us well in the future. But um, you know, my motivation is making sure that our student athletes 
have a world-class experience here, and um, that's what motivates me. Just wondering, first, what's the biggest thing you kind of learned from Barry, not necessarily your years playing with him, but your years kind of being his right-hand man? You just said you're a different person than him. How do you think you'll be kind of different from him as an athletic director? Well, the biggest lesson uh, or, or the point that he has just instilled in me that that will not change is the necessity or the, the need to put our student-athletes first in all of our decisions. What's right for our student-athletes? What's right for our young people? That is the guiding principle that has led us to be successful for so many years. And, and I don't expect that's going to change. Um, certainly, my style is different than Barry's. Um, it always has. Barry has his own unique style. Um, it's been well documented. Uh, you know, swagger is a term that he has trademarked. Um, I have my own style, and I am comfortable with who I am. Um, certainly, it's different than Barry's, but I think uh, for me, it's about being authentic to who I am, being authentic to who or what this experience has meant to me, and. Um, being passionate about making sure that this experience can change the lives of young people going forward. Chris, uh, sticking uh, to the Barry line of questioning, can you take us behind the curtain in terms of what it was like, you know, after you got the job, you know, what, you know, when you two finally kind of met, obviously he's been one of your, your biggest supporters. Mm -hmm. What was that moment like? What, what did, you know, what did you guys do? Yeah, you know, um, it wasn't until um, yesterday that I, I actually saw Barry. Um, so this 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 process of the last few days had been well underway, and um, I hadn't had really an opportunity to talk to him. Um, you know, when I saw him yesterday in person uh, after the weekend, um, it was just a big hug. It was just it was a big warm hug uh, and a smile and an embrace that. Um, you know, I'll never forget. For me, this opportunity feels much like the opportunity that I was given when I was offered a scholarship here in 1994. Um, it was surreal. It's significant. It's going to come with an incredible amount of work. There will be challenging days ahead. But, man, oh, man, can it be rewarding. And can it be impactful. And... Um, that's what I'm most excited about. Barry, Barry has said that he felt it was his responsibility to have someone ready for when he retired. Was there a moment in time, a conversation where you knew he was he was grooming you for this position? Um, you know, I wouldn't um, I wouldn't use the word grooming. Uh, maybe he would, but that's not how I viewed it. Um, Barry has a, a style, a management style or a leadership style of hiring people and letting them do their job, but also holding them up to a level of accountability, um, high expectations. And um, that was his style when he was a coach. That's been his style as the athletic director. And um, from my perspective, that's what I've experienced um, in my time here. I've uh, gladly accepted the, the roles or the responsibilities that he has given to me and I've run with those and I've done my best with those and um, 
you know, over time, I've I've gotten more and more of those. Uh, certainly, in the last 18 months, as we tried to um, navigate the COVID environment and the challenges that come with it, um, that was such an experience, and it required um, kind of an all hands on deck approach. Um, there, there's certainly no way to downplay what that experience um, meant to me or what it what it brought out of me. Um, and we, you know, we just emerge. I mean, literally today, it feels like we're kind of emerging from that with groups of people in the Cole Center and you know, in a maskless environment. Um, but um, I, I don't, you know, Barry may see it differently. I, I feel like I've been given a tremendous amount of responsibility and duties here, and I've done the best I possibly do with those I've made plenty of mistakes by the way it's not like it's been perfect um, and I'm sure I will in the future uh, but uh, I learned from those and I, and I own those and and I apologize for those when we move on but um, the experience that he has given me here and, and the duties that he has given me certainly position me well uh, to lead us into the future Chancellor Blank mentioned that you cemented yourself to earn this job with that answer on what the biggest challenges are here. What was your answer to that question? Yeah, I, I, um, I think the answer that Chancellor Blank is referring to um, had to do with just a, a realistic approach of what, what it is that we're facing. Um, and we talked about it a little bit on the other side of this curtain. Uh, just with some macro changes that are coming down the pike to, towards college athletics, changes or uh, challenges here on our own campuses, or on our own campus, in our own community, um, changes in the expectation of our fans, uh, changes in the expectation of our student athletes. And uh, I think um, what Chancellor Blake may have been referring to was just a, a realistic assessment of those. Um, I don't view this next chapter as um, just carrying the baton. That's not that's that's not what's needed here. Um, we're we're facing significant real challenges, and um, there's likely some challenging times ahead, and, and uh, that's going to take a consorted effort and for us to work shoulder to shoulder going forward. Chancellor Blank, I, I wonder if you could share with us, I understand that you had listening sessions with a lot of stakeholders. Who were some of them that, that really carried weight with you and what were the messages that, that stuck with you in the process of, of, of deciding on Chris? So I, the um, one thing that absolutely everyone said was, um, don't threaten the Wisconsin way. Now they said that in different words and in different ways, but. Everyone clearly felt that we have some formula here that we have been effective at, and it means more than just winning on the field, though it does mean that. It means, you know, strong academics, attention to student well-being, um, you know, a, a feeling about Wisconsin of loyalty, um, a, as well as, you know, really feeling this place has to perform, perform in lots of different ways, and, um, you know, that is what I said, you know, whoever you hire, make sure they understand that. Make sure that they can continue that. And in that sense, um, you know, that's the one uniform message that everyone gave me. Um, you know, that's the question of what do you want to continue? What do you not want to fiddle with? What do you want to make sure stays here, right? And then the second question is what should change, right? Which 
Chris just answered that question in some ways, and there were more mixed feelings about that, right? You know, some people who understand the changing environment better than others, and you know that that advice, to the extent people gave it, was all over the map. You mentioned that you had a lot of reactions, and your cell phone's been blowing up and everything. Has there been a message or a person that's reached out to you that's really you know stuck with you or made an impact in the last forty-eight hours? Um, there have been a few. Um, you know, one that comes to mind is a message from my mother, um, which was to um, enjoy today. And um, I try. I woke up this morning and I tried to take that advice. Um, a message from a friend. Um, you know, there there are many messages like like you would expect text messages just of, of support. Um, and then one particular friend who, um, it should have been an email, not a text message, I'll just put it that way, um, just took, took the time to, just to chronicle uh, many of the things that we had been through together, and um, it was just heartfelt. Those, those are, um, I, I need to figure out a way to preserve some of those because the, um, I don't want to get rid of them. Can you describe what being a Badger means to you and why remembering that is so important in this new role? Mm -hmm. um, you know, for me, like the why of why I do this is Wisconsin. It's it's all about Wisconsin. It's always only been about Wisconsin for me. Um, I only know what it's like at Wisconsin. I only know what it's like to be a Badger. I only know what this experience has meant to me, and. Um, I suspect it is different. It is different than the programs down the road. We've got our own kind of ethos here, and um, so for me, it's it's a it's a it's a fit that it's the only fit I know. Um, what it means to be a Badger. I mean, we take pride in what we do. We, we put academics as a priority. Uh, we take pride in recruiting young people that take their academic success and journey seriously um, athletics are, are a huge part of the experience and our competitiveness winning championships are important to us but as importantly as winning championships and, and our academic pursuits is doing it the right way this is nothing new to, to Badger fans or to the people behind us uh, that work for this department. This, that's the most special thing about about the people in this department. But um, for me, that's what it's that's what it means to be a Badger. It's it's about hard work. It's an understated approach, um, but it's been a pretty effective one for a long time, and um, I suspect it will be in the future. Chancellor Blank, and Pete, if you want to take a crack at this one too, you can. Um, I believe it said in the press release this morning there are 35 applicants, uh, which. I guess, at least to me, seems like a low number. Do you think people were perhaps put off by the fact that, you know, Barry has a statue in front of him and also endorsed his own guy? Do you think people were maybe reluctant to apply? Pete, you want to start with that? I can start, yeah, Jim. Um, I think that this um, role has been very visible. That a lot of the success that Coach Alvarez and so many great people have built has built such a wonderful foundation here. So um, I don't. I think the opportunity is well known. I think that the opportunity um, 
Chancellor Blank made very clear from the get-go, she's been very consistent with with me as committee chair and with our whole committee and with um, everyone in the public about this being an open search. Um, I think that was a really good precedent she, she said, and she's been very consistent with that. So um, as to the numbers, I think we all headed into it with not sure how many we would we would receive. Um, so I didn't have a preconceived notion of how many we would get. We did have a very high quality of, uh, of people in the pool. We had some really exceptional people, as Chancellor Blank said, which made it difficult, the conversation, but really, really good conversations among our, our committee. So um, I can't say what, we, we didn't have a number we were anticipating, but we did have a really strong pool. Yeah, I just said, I don't think numbers are a very good metric here. Um, you know, this is one of the top programs in the country, and there's a limited number of people who are really ready to move into this job. Um, and a good number of those we had in the pool. And um, at the end of the day, all you really need is one candidate who's the right candidate. Um, so, I, uh, you know, I, I don't think you could tell much by numbers. Now, this hire is not a huge surprise for Wisconsin fans who have, you know, seen the writing on the wall here for the last several years that McIntosh was being groomed to take over this position. Now, of course, there was a large dose of anxiety when Blank declined to follow past precedent for allowing tenured department officials to kind of pick their own replacement. However, this, this, should, this pick should be a huge relief to hire a young athletic director who knows Wisconsin and knows how this department works. Now, McIntosh, like I said earlier, he went to Milwaukee High School, he started a program record, 50 games for the Badgers. He won Rose Bowl championships, consensus All-American, first-round NFL draft pick. And after his football career was was kind of cut short, he started. He stayed in the state and had a business startups in the state. So he's really tied uh, to this community and to this area and certainly to the University of Wisconsin. So not only is McIntosh responsible for making sure his athletic programs are successful, He's going to be asked to generate revenue for a school that suffered last season without fans in the stands. Uh, you could argue the product suffered a little bit without those fans in the stands. It has some bills for some major renovation product projects coming to Camp Randall, the Cole Center, and other venues around campus. But bottom line, the UW Search Committee recommended a lifelong badger to blank who didn't miss an opportunity to lock up a passionate AD and left the department into really, really uh, good hands despite uncharted waters that are going to be coming in the years ahead. So this is a good hire. It's a smart hire. And I think Wisconsin fans should feel good about where this ultimately landed in the lap of Chris McIntosh. Uh, pivoting to some college basketball news involving, involving the University of Wisconsin, head coach Greg Gard has made some significant improvements to his young roster by bringing in two transfers who are immediately eligible. Seven-one center, and Chris Vogt, and point guard Jacoby Neath. And he's hired a veteran assistant coach and longtime Badger Sharif Chambliss uh, to his coaching staff. So we'll start with, with Vogt. He was the, the most recent uh, transfer. He comes to Wisconsin after playing the last two seasons at Cincinnati. 101 games over four college seasons, including starting 50 of 53 games with the Bearcats. As a junior in 2019-20, he averaged 11 points nearly six rebounds and 1.6 blocks per game. And he shot a conference leading 64.8% from the floor. Last season, uh, Chris started 21 of 23 games and averaged five points, three and a half rebounds, 1.1 blocks and shot 56% from the field in uh, about just over 19 minutes. And he ranked among the conference leaders in blocks 
and offensive rebounds. And that's critical for Wisconsin, considering that there's going to be a lack of low post depth without uh, Nate Reavers on the roster anymore, without uh, Micah Potter, and with some other players having transferred from the program, like Joe Hedstrom, who really hadn't uh, cracked the starting lineup in any former fashion. So vote is going to get a lot of time um, in this starting lineup for the University of Wisconsin. And Guard, in a statement, said, quote, in today's environment, carefully navigating the transfer portal has become a part of our recruiting process. Chris brings depth to our front court. He's played at a high level and has four years of experience under his belt. The fit also aligned well academically for Chris here at Wisconsin. With the state of things this past season, we were dependent upon Zoom calls and contact references in recruiting to get a feel for who a person is. Everyone we reached out to about Chris spoke highly of him, and all of our interactions with him were very positive. Chris saw our program as a good fit to join. We bring his experience and skill sets to the team and help our young players grow. We're excited to have Chris join us, and we look forward to getting things going with him and the rest of our team soon this summer. Uh, and before Cincinnati, Chris spent his freshman and sophomore seasons at Northern Kentucky, where he played a combined 48 games. So a lot of experience here uh, for Chris Vogt. And you can say there's some good, decent experience, too, for Jacoby Neath, the uh, 6'3 guard, Toronto, Ontario. He played two seasons at Wake Forest, had a tremendous true freshman season in 2019-20. Played in 30 games. He started five, uh, averaged five points, 5.3 points, 2.2 assists per game. In his first season, shot 42% from the floor. 48% from three. Uh, last season uh, with the Demon Deacons playing 20 games, four starts, but averaged just 3.8 points and 1.7 assists in 15.8 minutes per game. And as Guard said, we were looking to add another guard to our roster, and Jacoby checked a lot of boxes for what we are looking for. He brings experience to our backcourt as he has played two years in the ACC with some impressive games already in his young career. He has good size and athleticism that we need on both ends of the floor. I think Jacoby is coming in with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and will be ready to compete. We have seen that the college game is moving more and more towards using more versatile lineups. Having backcourt depth is essential in today's game, and Jacoby can give us not only more depth at the point guard position, but he is also versatile enough to play off the ball and allow us to play multiple guards. Uh, end quote. So with a roster lacking so much experience, uh, Guard's addition of Chambliss seems tremendous on the surface. Uh, Sharif has 15 years of coaching experience or playing experience at five schools and has seen 11 of those teams have winning seasons, including eight 20-plus win campaigns. Uh, Chambliss has spent the previous five seasons coaching at Wright State, where he was voted the number one assistant coach in the Horizon League in 2020 that by Stadium.com. And in Chambliss's five seasons with the Raiders, 109 and 49, that's a 69% winning percentage, and they won the last three Horizon League championships. Also, Chambliss also spent four seasons at Milwaukee, uh, as well as stints at UW Platteville and Francis Marion University. And he was also on the Wisconsin coaching staff. He was Bo Ryan's video coordinator from 2010 to 2012, and he played with the Badgers during the 2004-05 season. Uh, team captain that year averaged seven and a half points, 2.4 rebounds, and 2.8 assists. That team went to the Elite Eight, losing to eventual national champion North Carolina. Uh, guard, we are extremely excited to welcome Coach Chambliss to, and his family to our staff. This search and interview process was extensive and spanned a wide scope of excellent candidates. 
Shreve's energy, passion, loyalty, and experience were evident from the start of our search. Knowing that Coach Howard Moore would not be able to return to his position and having to replace him is difficult for all of us who love him and know everything he has done for our program. Shreve brings 15 years of college basketball coaching experience to our program and has proven a proven track record of success as a coach and as an effective, established recruiter. As we elevated the landscape of potential coaches, Coach Chambliss was highly regarded and recommended by both his past colleagues that he's worked with and his peers across college basketball. And that's the key there. As we evaluated the landscape of potential coaches and someone who is effective, established recruiter. And that's probably the right, probably the reason why Orlando Tucker, the school's all-time lean scorer who served in Howard Moore's interim role the last two seasons, is not returning to the program. You remember Tucker left that role, uh, left the role as Wisconsin's director of student athlete engagement in 2019 after the Howard Moore crash that killed his wife and daughter and obviously seriously injured Howard Moore that he's currently and remains in a long-term care facility um, and has been on leave since the summer of 2019. Uh, Tucker could only be in interim role for two years. They had officially post that position. Uh, Tucker didn't have any coaching experience and Wisconsin did win a Big Ten championship with him on his bench. Uh, that happened uh, obviously in 2020 after Wisconsin won their final eight games or final eight conference games, but just a very uh, kind of uneven two years. And certainly Lano Tucker is not to blame for that. Wisconsin went 31 and 23 in those two seasons, but certainly this year did not live up to the expectations and have a little bit more experience on the bench. I think certainly will not, will help uh, Wisconsin and Greg Gard. Uh, Gard has not officially commented on why uh, Tucker is not back, but like I said, it's fair to say that he wanted a more veteran coach considering the Badgers are going to be incredibly young this upcoming season. Six players from last year's team are gone, including four of the top five scorers and five from UW's eight-man rotation. Senior guard Brad Davison is returning, leaving him junior Tyler Wall, who just averaged 4.9 points per game, and sophomore Jonathan Davis, seven points per game, as the only players on the roster with considerable game experience. So plenty of young uh, players to kind of mold and build around. And the other good uh, thing we just saw on social media that Lauren Bowman is back in Madison and appears to be working out with the team. So hopefully we will see Lauren Bowman on the field this year as well. And one player that we also may see on the field this season, the football field, former Clemson tailback Chez Malusi announced he is transferring to Wisconsin. And that is huge considering the Wisconsin football running back room was decimated by injuries throughout spring camp uh, just these past couple months. Uh, Chez, is, he's eligible immediately with the NCAA granting a one-year transfer exemption. Uh, that rule comes at a critical time considering the Badgers have uh, six scholarship running backs on the fall roster who will have a combined 73 carries under their belt. Um, Lucy is a former four-star tailback. He played in 21 games for Clemson as a backup for Travis Etienne, who was drafted 25th overall by the Jacksonville Jaguars. In those two seasons in Clemson, Malusi tallied 427 rushing yards, six touchdowns on 71 carries. He also had five catches for 38 yards and a score. He was expected to contend for the starting running back slot, but he only rushed for 10 yards on five carries in Clemson's spring game and decided to move on to another program. You look at the Wisconsin running back room, they lost Garrett Groshek to the NFL, Nakia Watson to the transfer portal, eventually to Washington State. 
Badger started spring with only three healthy scholarship tailbacks, and that number was zero uh, by pretty much the end of spring, or really by the midpoint of spring, which severely limited what the Badgers could do from an offensive standpoint. Uh, with Chez Malusi in the mix, uh, him and Jalen Berger appeared to be the two focal tailbacks. Berger played only four games as a true freshman, but still led the Badgers with 301 rushing yards. That is the show for this week. Plenty of news that we covered from the new Wisconsin Athletic Director, football and basketball rosters being remade, that we will continue to keep an eye on Wisconsin football recruiting. Some big recruiting visits have happened already this month, and some more are coming in the following weeks ahead. So make sure you log on to BadgerBlitz.com. Follow me on Twitter at TheBadgerNation, and follow John McNamara, who is tweeting all of those recaps. He is doing a great job getting in touch with all of those who are on campus for visits, for camps, and the like. He is at McNamara Rivals. We will talk to you again soon. Thanks again, as always, for listening to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast.